Welcome to another edition of the Work Life Hub podcast. To find out more and to listen to other episodes, please go to www.worklifehub.eu. Welcome to our listeners of the Work Life Hub podcast. It's my great pleasure to be doing a different recording because this time we're live sitting together and not on Skype with Jeff. Um, Jeff Stace is an authority on learning processes and innovative organizations. He's a training manager and corporate learning officer and a keynote speaker at a number of conferences. So if you go on his website, which we'll say later, you can find a lot of keynote uh, speeches. He's the also, also the author of My Organization is a Jungle, and maybe I will ask you about that red monkey that keeps popping up now and then, and also an innovation expert and an entrepreneur. And this is the podcast we're doing for the HR Expo Work 4.0, Human Resources in the Digital Age. So welcome, Jeff, right. to the podcast. Thanks. How did you get here to the red monkey and... <laughs> organizations being the jungle just explain to us a little bit your journey well it's a it, it has been a difficult journey because when I started to work I started to work as an engineer a software developer so I, I used to write software for telecom switches and um, as an engineer you understand that if something doesn't work you have to find the reason why it doesn't work you don't fix the problems if you can't find the reasons for it. So mm. it's in it's in my blood. Mm. So if something doesn't work, maybe you have to find for, look for weeks to find the error. Mm. So when I was a, a software engineer, uh, I lived two years in Phoenix, Arizona for doing that. I came back and I lost my passion in, in mm. this stuff. And then at a certain point in time, somebody asked me, hey Jeff, would you like to start a technical training center? because we have a lot of new hires and start training them in becoming software designers. So mm. I did that and I got passionate about learning. Mm. So we organized all these courses and uh, I really got excited about how do people learn? How does the brain work? How do neural connections work? So I was reading and reading and reading about the learning process. And then in 1990, I got the opportunity to become training manager at the same telecom company. And I got interested in management and in personal development and learning. So it has always been a combination of these three, but I was still an engineer. And one of the topics I was always thinking about, how come people don't learn in organizations? Because as a manager or as a technical expert, we send all these people to courses, but they don't learn. So I started to wonder, how does it come? And, and, and as a system thinker, I, I, I tried to find the solution. And after so many years, I think I got it. The reason why people don't learn is we don't use people for what they were born. I, I think 80% of people going to work are not in the flow with who they are. And management isn't able to put people in the flow with who they are. And I think that's the, 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 the major problem. So, and then I started thinking about how can we change organizational cultures? So, and everything came together. So, as a software engineer, I'm still very good aware about what the potential of internet and social learning is. Mm. As a technical training manager, I became interested in learning itself. As a training manager, I became very interested in management. Uh, I was in HR 
And as a corporate learning officer, I start to think about how can you change cultures. And so everything comes together. Thank you so much. It's very interesting. And I think that also shows how you're, you, know, you don't have this straight career track that you um, got nourished from all these different disciplines. No, no. I remember when I, I, I made my solicitation for training manager, the HR manager said I, I couldn't have the job because I didn't have the right diplomas. Mm. So even at that point in time, and that was 1990, people were so focused on having the, the right degrees and having the right diplomas that they didn't see to the passion and talents of people. I remember when, when we were hiring in 1990, software engineers, because I did the technical interviews, I remember why people had to have a degree. It's very easy because people with a degree, whether or not a university degree, had proven that they had the discipline to study something else told them what to study. Mm. And that was the proof. So a degree or a university degree was just to prove that you were able to listen and to study. Mm. But it has never been a proof that you had a passion and talents. Mm. We, we didn't ask for it. We, we, we never looked to passion and talents. We just said, do you have a degree? If you have a degree, okay. If you have a degree, we hire you and then we put you in a function description. And because you have proven you can study everything, so we can put you in every function description we can give you because you were ready to, to conform yourself with, with what's needed. That was in 1990. Mm. Okay. So, but then the world changed. So. Yeah, but this we still see that if you have an, a job ad and people send their CVs, you know, some of them have the very similar career templates with the same <coughs> schools, the same track, and then. We're looking also for, recruiters are looking for all the interesting stuff on the edges. Are they in a music band? Do they do volunteer work? Yeah, is this an interesting person? And then when, as soon as we hire them, you shouldn't have any time for this anymore. And no, it's, it's, mold um, you back into the box. Yeah, I think, I think um, I'm going to give you a quote. I think most of people with a university degree today are becoming incompetent hmm. and 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 it's it's not because of them it's because of the system and I'll try to explain you why because that, if, if you really understand that then you really understand what HR has to do hmm. but not only HR what management has to do but I'm, I'm trying to explain if, okay. if you allow me Please. imagine you're going to school and you have to learn all these courses hmm. and imagine that you don't have the passion and talent in certain courses well, you can't go to the next year if you haven't proven that you can study them without passion and talents. Mm. So you go to the next year, not based on your passion and talent, but your ability to study something you really didn't like. Mm. Okay. So if you go from university, you just have proven that you're able to study stuff you didn't like to study. Now, 20 years ago, that was okay because there wasn't change. Okay. So what happens now is we have all these people with university degrees who have had the discipline to learn but not based on their passion and talents and that's a problem you don't get a degree on your passion and talents because I ask you another question suppose you would study based on your passion and talents why would you go until you're 23 you would you would be able to leave school much earlier because you have so much passion and talent you can learn these, co these courses much faster mm. so the educational system has a problem Okay, mm. now imagine you get your university degree based on your discipline to study, 
20 years ago, there was no problem because the world didn't change so fast. Mm. You, you went to your function description, your boss told you what to do, you had your yearly appraisal talk, and then it was okay. But now, things changed. Why? Because there is so much information. Now, imagine that you're uh, a surgeon, or imagine that you're an engineer who had your university degree based on discipline to study, but not on passion and talents. Well, what happens now is that you're working in a completely different working environment mm. with a lot of change, with a lot of information. If you don't have the passion and talent, you become incompetent mm. because you, you just can't follow the change in the world. And this is happening. This is happening with engineers. This is happening with dentists. This is happening with educational testing. So what you have to do now is you have to be a person passionate about evolution, passionate about evolution and the talents in what you do. If you miss one of these two, you can't keep up. And that's the reason why, from my point of view, a lot of people with university degrees can't follow anymore. Hmm. They, weren't, they, were, they didn't learn based on their passion and talents. Yeah. I mean, your, your, the title of your talk at the upcoming HR Expo is You Are Not a Sheep. Stop acting like one, burn your diplomas and destroy your function description. This is a call for a revolution, I would say. Well, it's it's not a call for a revolution. It's already starting. Mm. Okay, it's already starting because uh, I first have to tell you where the idea of the sheep comes from. And it's a quote from uh, the, the, the old uh, CEO of 3M, I think. His name really um, escapes me for the moment. But he says, if you put people behind fences, you get sheep. Mm. And this, this quote really um, opened a new door. And I said, well, if you put people into courses they don't like, it's behind fences. In the educational system, students can't learn the courses they are passionate and talented for. It's always a package. Mm. So it's a fence. They fence in the passion and talents. And then you go to work and they give you a function description. And then after a year, your manager told you, well, uh, you have your appraisal talk. And then he says to you, well, this is okay, but this is not okay. And then you tell your manager, well, but this is something really, I really don't like to do it. It's not my passion and my talent. And then your manager tells you, do you really think you can use your passion and talent at work? I have to do also things with our passion and talents. And then he sends you to a course to do better what you don't like to do. And that's what we call uh, the training plan. And if you're really unlucky, that's what we call competence management, because competence management is really uh, becoming more competent based mm. on, on, on this appraisal talk. But we put fences around people because even at work they can't use their passion and talents. So, and that's the, the, the thing of the title, you're not a sheep, stop acting like one. And then we need an alternative. We, we need an alternative for diplomas, and we need an alternative for function descriptions. And, and, and now who is going to demand that? And that's not, that's the revolution that's going on. It's already going on. So we need, we need to get rid of diplomas as a way of learning or validation of learning in education. And we need to get rid of function descriptions. And if you can't succeed in that, you as an organization never will succeed in using the passion and talents of people. Hmm. It's impossible. Let's just maybe go back a little bit to um, something else we sometimes talk about at the Work Life Hub, and that's early childhood development. Yeah. And I just had another talk uh, last week with 
author Bridget Schulting in her book, there is a quote that says, um, in uncertain times, nobody knows anymore the recipe for success. So parents also try to invest in the learning of their children. You know, now you should go become a doctor or a lawyer or, but we know that with the smart machines, these jobs are going to also disappear or the routine part of these jobs is going to disappear. So it also comes from an uncertainty of how, you know, people will succeed. What is our image of a successful person? Is it the CEO or an mm. engineer? And mm. and so you, you maybe isn't it maybe a little bit too late once these um, new hirees arrive at the company? Because that programming for success or for stability no, security has already late. been done. No, no, it's too late. It's too late. If 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 I would propose something to education, uh, say primary schools, and I got my own idea about what is competence development. Maybe I should explain that first, okay. uh, what's competence development. So after so many years, I'm 58 now, tomorrow I become 59. So um, I said, what does a, does the, a person make successful? Because I, I sometimes uh, compare it with the evolution theory of Darwin. Darwin says, if you can't adapt, you will die. Hmm. Okay. Yes. So, but you can explain that very easy. If, if Darwin would have lived today, he would say, well, this is the earth. If you have four meters of water, you will die if you can't swim. Hmm. That's evolution theory. But now we don't have water, we have information. So now you will die if you can't use this information. So information is really the, the thing that changes everything. If you look, if you look to the difference between 20 years and now, the major difference is the availability of information. So, if you would ask Darwin, who will be the new species that will survive today? It would be the species that is able to use this new resource information based on its passion and talents. And that's the clue. So, when I give lectures or keynotes, I always tell people, you need to do four things. The first thing is, you have to be aware of your talents. And what is a talent? It's your, it's your goal in life. Your parents made you and they gave you talents. The biggest problem is we don't know our talents. Hmm. We, we don't, we, you're not born with a, with a document that says, these are the talents of Agnes or yeah. these are the talents of Jeff. So this is the biggest mystery. So everybody is born with talents, but we don't know them. That's, that's causes really uh, diversity. And it's this diversity that's, makes us who we are. We, we are with so many people with so many talents, it's diversity. And we know that this diversity makes it possible that we can find solutions in every period of our history. Mm. Okay, So it's very interesting. By the way, diversity has nothing to do with the color of your skin. It's mm. just paint. That's a paint of nature. Mm. It's the talents that make diversity. Now, now you need, in, you need to become passionate in your talents. And what is passionate? And it's it's a word I learned, I think a few years ago, I was giving a, a keynote and the person before me uh, did a study about where did the word passion come from? Ah. And it came from, as I under, from passion and it means suffering. Hmm. So the word passion really means suffering. The passion walk of Christ, he suffered. So this means that passion and suffering are related. And if you look to an athlete, for instance, and he says, I'm really passionate about evolution of myself, and you don't see him sweating or training, he's lying. So we know that if people are passionate, they suffer. 
you can't suffer without passion. Mm-hmm. So they are both related. Now, suppose you are a person who has talents and you're passionate about evolution, change, uh, new technologies, and you're in your talents. That's 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 really the reason why you're. As some people are asking, why are we living? Well, you are living to get into groove with your talents. Now, if you have passion about evolution in your talents, you have the recipe. You have the recipe to come to, to become the best. Mm. You will become the best in for people who don't have the talent. Now, if you become passionate about something you don't have a talent in, <laughs> that's a problem. But that is just what education does. Education today gives you the discipline to study something you don't have the passion, the talent in. And then they give you a degree. But that's fake. That's fake. If you really want to do something, we have to find a way that children in education can discover their talents by becoming passion to suffer in what they have the talent. Now, how do you become competent? It's easy. You need access to information. Because if you are passionate about evolution and you hopefully in your talent, you become hungry for information. Hmm. Now that's that's also another answer because I know that most of the people in my network who are passionate about evolution, working at talent, they use social media and social learning because that's the only way they can get into contact into a worldwide network and that's social learning and hmm. the social media. I don't know anybody who is passionate for suffering in his talent who doesn't use social media. <laughs> so you can have a second answer. If people tell me you can't do anything with social media yeah. and social learning, what they are really telling me that they don't have the passion to suffer. Yeah. Okay, now we have information. Now, if you have information, that's really learning. Today it's crowd learning. And crowd learning is because people have passion for evolution and in the talent. Now, you want to do something with it. It's action. Now, what is your biggest reward with action? Now, imagine you have a talent, you have passion to suffer, you have access to information, and then you're going to do something with it. Mm. That's action. What is your reward? Money? No, (laughs) dopamine. Ah, yes. And so everything comes together because it's what you're doing. I think you're passionate about your subject. You're passionate about evolution because yeah. you're working with a high-tech microphone. You even learned how to use this software to do it. So you're passionate about evolution, hopefully in your talent. You learned a lot and you're sitting here. Yes. That's action. Now, if and I'm you, getting a lot of dopamine listening yes, to you. And, and, and now you get dopamine. Yes. And the reason for that is because you get rewarded. It's, it's the same thing with an athlete. If you have an athlete who has talents, passion in evolution, gets access to information and runs and he wins... He gets dopamine, but because he's in the groove with his talents, he gets more dopamine than somebody who isn't in the groove with his talent. But because imagine a university student with university degree or somebody performing in a function description, Mm. doing things he doesn't like to do. Mm. He's not in his talents. He has the discipline to learn. He learns, but because it's not in his passion, in his talent, he doesn't have the passion to suffer. He will never win. Yes. So he he doesn't get dopamine. So we pay him as a substitute for dopamine. Mm. But what is what is then the essence? What is what is the reason why people really want to do talent development or competence development? It's everything is coming from within. And now now we have a new market. And this is Darwin saying we have a new species. And that's the species I call 3D smarts. You just have to go to a, a video for my 2D age, 3D age. I told this, this, these are the 3D smarts. And what mm. is a 3D smart? 
He has passion to suffer and his talent. He has access to worldwide information through social media. And he is able to do something with it. And because he's in the groove with his talent, he becomes the best. Yeah. And because he becomes the best, he gets rewarded by dopamine. Mm. That's his intrinsic motivation. And because he's so good, we give him a high salary. Mm. So this is HR. Yes. <laughs> this is human resources management. Human resources management has to reinvent HR that these kind of people get to the right roles with the right management so they drive on dopamine. Yeah. It's much more of a human capital, much more the fostering the talent, yes. finding, helping them through yes. mindfulness to understand where are their talents. Yes. And... And, and not what's on the paper. Yes, and now we have a problem because a lot of people in HR just have a university degree based on discipline, but they don't even understand what I'm talking about. Mm. A lot of HR people never use social media for learning. This means that they themselves don't have the passion in evolution. Now, how can you create innovation in HR if people in HR are not passionate and talented about HR? Mm. So we have a problem. We have a problem. Yeah. And that's the reason why I always tell people, change and innovation won't start from HR. Change and innovation will start from the CEO and the business unit manager mm. who are uh, trying to find solutions to make a profit. And what we see now in the world is that more and more CEOs are, are beginning to understand it and more and more business unit managers are beginning to understand it. And they should be the heroes today. They should demand from HR other HR processes. Yes. Reinvent the system or create a system that's going to be yes. enabling yes. enabling this kind. So this is this is really the moment for HR, but HR itself can't change it. It has to be a partnership between CEOs and, and business unit managers who say, let's create a completely new work environment for mm. people who drive on their passion and talents and if they can't succeed in it, the company will die. Mm. One, one of the previous podcast guests, she also says, I mean, we get so much nice quotes and, and nice information. And, and one of them said, um, if you want you know, to craft the career you want, you need to have a lot of awkward conversations. Yeah. And I think that there are these, these professional norms, we talk about that a lot, these very strict professional norms where you put on a suit and you come to work and you're not yourself and you have to conform to these norms. And maybe also CEOs need to open up to being much more you know, humane and, and, and finding what you're saying, these passions, enabling people to, to come forward with these conversations that maybe may look as weaknesses or perceived stigma to say well you know you hired me for this kind of job and mm -hmm. but now I understand that I'm I don't care about this job I'm not driven but I'm looking at the other guys at the other department and I think I could do a very good job there and no it's yeah. more about this fluidity and it is it is and that's the reason that's the reason I if 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 we really want to find a solution then I think we have to take one rule into account. Imagine, Agnes, you have your talents, you have passion in evolution, you keep up with the trends, you learn, mm. access to information, and you perform, mm. right? 
So this is Agnes. Now, if this is true, then you have to find work yes. in who you are. So this means that the chance that you're going to work full time for one manager is becoming non-existent. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so this means that the solution is that you, Agnes, don't work for one manager, but you will work for several managers, even in the cloud or whatever, 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 because you say, just use my time as who I am. Yes. Okay. So the solution for HR is finding a system that managers who want results can make use of the right actors mm. at the right time and for only for the time they need them. Yes. And this is a solution. But this means that we can't work with function descriptions anymore. Yes. So we need a completely rethinking about how do we validate people, not diplomas. And we need a complete rethinking of how, how do we would put people to work. And this is the biggest question. Yeah. And now we have a problem because most of the managers can't do that. Yeah. It's a different talent. It's yes. a completely different talent being a manager, being the expert and telling other people, this is your function description, this you have to do, or being a manager able to get people to work for him, create a vision, yeah. create casting, yes. create learning, yeah. give people the resource to do it. So what we see now is that if we really want to use this new 3D Smart, which is built for this time frame, we have to reinvent management. Yeah. And 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 most of the managers can't do it. No. And so this is the problem. So the, the problem from human resources management has something to do with management itself. Yes. I think I think you're touching on two uh, two issues there that I've been we've been also conceptualizing. One is the idea of servant leadership. Of, of giving, you know, everything, <coughs> the enabling environment. Yes. And the other one, and I just want to test this theory, very new theory of mine, I came up with it yesterday, <laughs> well, because you also worked in the US, but I find that, because for me, you know, we're looking also at policy, and, and I think <coughs> it's also the challenge is also in the labor market, how labor market is, yeah. and I see a yeah. big difference between the US and Europe. In US, they pay very little social contribution, employers pay very mm. little employers contribution after an employee because, mm. you know, you from your <coughs> own salary will set aside money for your own retirement. Mm. So they are much more able to bring in additional contractors or, uh, of course, there's the downside mm. of hiring and mm. firing. Mm. Um, even though I think that for some people being fired is the best thing that can happen to them. But in Europe, because we have this very um, fantastic social welfare, it also mm -hmm. means that employees cost so much money to the employer that he's not going to say, well, um, Joe, you are in this job and I see that we would need to give, bring in someone to, imp to, you know, to help out or to, to complement what you're doing because you're not doing this perfectly, but I'm already paying so much money for you to be in this company that mm. you better get this job done. So I think that there's also this I think, I limitation. Think, yeah. What do you think? I think there's a, I think there's, there's some truth in it, but I don't think that's the real, it can be part of the solution. But the biggest problem today is, I, and don't focus on the cost. Mm. Don't focus on the cost of people, but focus on where you put them to work. Yes. Okay, but, but for instance, uh, 
if I, as a manager, have, suppose I would, I would like to be the new manager, and the new manager is something with a vision, getting the um, competence to get the right people at the right place, giving access to learning and resources. Now, suppose you're a good manager. Now, as a, as a very uh, competent manager in this time frame, you have to be able to build your team with different people at different times. And this is a challenge. For the different projects. For right? the different projects. So you can't be a manager anymore of 10 people and keep these 10 people with you during the whole length of your project. As a manager, you have to realize that today, Agnes, I need you for one day a week and maybe next month, two days a week or not. Mm. So we need to find a system. I'm not touching your salary. I'm not touching your salary because you need to survive. I give you a salary, but you work for that part of that your salary for me one day. So what we need is more agility yes. in how to get the right people at the right place. Yeah. And we have to reinvent that thing. So this we have to find a kind of employment system mm. like actors use. Uh, for instance, an actor works for different f movies, different managers, but he still is paid. So the first thing we have to solve is how do you get people to work at the right place at the right moment? And the next thing we have to solve is salary and social security. Yes. And, and this means that, for instance, uh, at a certain point in time, you are passionate about your talents. But suppose you lose your passion for your talents. Then you have to reinvent yourself. What happens with me? I lost my passion in software engineering. So I really lost my degree because my degree was in engineering, but I gained passion in another talent about learning and culture change and mind, but I don't have a degree for that. Yeah. So what, what do you do with this kind of people, which is just living? Yeah. So what happens with people who lose their passion for their talents, don't get excited anymore for learning, don't act very well no anymore, their value goes down. Hmm. So they have to reinvent themselves. So where's the social security system that people can say, hey guys, I'm so sorry, I lost my passion and my talents. Give me one year to reinvent myself, go to a new kind of school and learn something differently. That's, that, that is something we have to do. We also have, so what I'm saying is we have to find a system that people who have passion for their talents, who learn, who do something are very valuable, have a high salary, because their value is high. And it's it's age independent. Yes. Whether you are 24, you should be able to earn more than a person of 54. But a 54 who has his value can earn more than... It, it doesn't matter your value. But what we do if when people lose their value on the market because they reinventing themselves or because they have a handicap mm. or they can't work anymore. So we have to reinvent the whole social system. But based on one rule, get people to work in the places where they can be at their best. Yeah. Fantastic thoughts there. Now, um, maybe coming then to the last question that we always ask. Um, if now you would enter a company <coughs> and you could give just one advice to their CEO to do something to bring out this passion, to foster the talents, Mm -hmm. What would that advice be? Um, that they could do, you know, the first step that they could do or something they could do. Well, the first step, something I've learned is if you as a CEO understand 
that your organizational culture has to change. Mm. That's the first step. If you don't understand it, then I just say, die with your company. But imagine you're a CEO who understands that we need completely different ways of management, completely different of HR. Mm. Then I would propose that you start with that business unit manager who also understands it. Mm. Not with everybody in organization, because it won't work. Because too many business unit managers or other executives won't even understand it. But you as a CEO have to build a relationship with one of the business unit managers who also understands it. And then you have to tell HR and finance and IT, hey guys, now you're going to work with this business unit manager mm. and you have to reinvent HR, reinvent IT and reinvent finance. And if your HR manager says, I'm so sorry, but we can't have different HR systems in the whole organization, then you have to fire them because he doesn't know what innovation means. But if the HR manager says, hey, CEO, I'm very glad you give me the opportunity to create new HR processes for a business unit, that's how you start. Yeah. And then you have to be brave because if you do that, you will make errors. But at the end, every smart, every passionate, talented people wants to migrate to this new business unit. Now, if you're a CEO who doesn't have the courage to do that, forget it. Forget yeah. it. So what we need now is just CEOs with courage mm. because HR can't change it. HR can't change it. HR needs a business partner who asks HR, you have to innovate. Mm. And if you can't innovate, I will fire you. Yeah. That's also something uh, we see when um, larger organizations incubate startups. That, you know, there's a project going on and some new people come together on talent and then all of a sudden they discover yes. a new entity, something yes. else. But then organizations cannot keep them on board. They, ha they have no... But that's the problem. Yes, they don't that's know how problem. to. That's the problem. But we, 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 we have forgotten the basic essence of innovation. And that's the reason why in my, in my book, My Organization is Jungle, I always explain that business innovation powered by culture innovation. I think I was the first person in the world, I hope, yeah. who, who, who used innovation not only for business, because what we're talking about is also innovation, is about how do you create new products and services. That's business innovation. But what I'm saying is, you, you never will be able to increase your innovation power of your organization if you're afraid to innovate in your culture. Yes. And innovation in your culture means creative entrepreneurship in reinventing HR and HR processes and IT processes, etc., 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 etc. So, and, and, and that's the, the basic thing. Business innovation powered by culture innovation. Thank you very much, Jeff. Do you want to just remind the listeners of your website and where they can reach you? Maybe your Twitter handle? Uh, my Twitter is at Jeff Stas. Uh, my website is www. Uh, www.chefstars.com If you can't find it, search, search on Red Monkeys or Sheep and then you'll find some YouTube movies or TEDx talk. If you have the passion to suffer, you'll find me. <laughs> If you don't have the passion to suffer, you won't find it. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks. <laughs>